Hello, my name is Peter Barham, and on behalf of Saras Radio and FreakyTrigger.co.uk, I'd like to welcome you to the Lost Property Office, the podcast that discusses the lost, the found, and the profound. So dedicated to the cause of the lost, the show itself was lost for two whole weeks as judging them, but happily we'll be back to our best today. We all lose stuff, down the back of the sofa, falling out of our pockets, but we all find stuff too. And in between, there's the stuff that isn't ours that we find and hand into a lost property office. My guests will be talking about all of that stuff and also what they've found today. Because this is not just a fake lost property office, this is a real university lost property office. I've invited my guests to have a rummage downstairs to see what they can find. So welcome to this week's intrepid lost propertyer, Marna Gilligan. Hello. How are you? I'm a little bit sneezy today, actually. So if I sneeze on air, sorry. Yes, I'm. I may. I may be presenting with a cough as well. But this is um, not doctor's question time, or um, <laughs> and actually, I wouldn't be able to help anyway. I've probably got a couple of old wives' remedies, but none that really work. Any involving booze? There's always a tot of rum. Always, mm. always helps. But you've been you've been downstairs. You've been out in the cold. Now you've been downstairs to um, to look at, in the lost property office. Yeah. And you've got a couple of items there, which are very pretty. I've got a box, a book. And some tunes on the CD. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we, we'll be coming to those in a bit. Um, now, the Lost Property Office has been recently cleared out a bit, so it's less full of clothing. So, luckily, you didn't have to... Was it was the duvet still there? I didn't see a duvet. Yes, yeah, so most most of the guests this season have, uh, have worried about the duvet, but luckily it's now gone, which is good. Has it been found or has it been given away? I think it's been given away. I think it's... I, in the end, I think the embarrassment of being the person who lost the duvet was too great to stop that person coming in. Mm-hmm. So, somebody, before we get onto the items you've brought from up from downstairs, I want to go back into your past. Well, that's a murky, murky place, please. <laughs> I know, I know. But um, this is about a lost property office. So what have you lost? What item of greatest personal or sentimental value or, or, or physical value or you know, monetary value have you lost? This might make people cry. Okay. But- so people are used to big emotions on this show. That's okay, but we lost a cat once. A, a proper lost cat? Did you do the full... Posters. Posters. Phone Battersea. Phoned everywhere. Tell us about the cat. She was a little stray. Mm. We picked up on the mean streets of Shoreditch. So she was already lost once. Yeah. And took her in, discovered she was pregnant. Got mm. a kitten out of it. Okay, well, okay, well that's, that's something. <laughs> so, you know... So the, the 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 net number of cats you had in the house at the end of this whole story was still one more than you started. Yeah. With. So what was the cat called, or what did you call the cat? We called the cat Moon Unit. Moon Unit, as in Moon Unit Supper. Yes, of course. I, I, uh, what do you still call? What does she call herself now? Or I think is, just Moon. I think she is just Moon now, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Dwe- Dweezel's still Dweezel, I think. Dweezel, but. yeah. D- doesn't Dweezel tour doing his dad's old tunes? I think he does, yes. And, you know, it's not nice work if you can get it, I guess. Um, there are lots of fans of Zapper out there, after all. I live with one. Of which, yes, <laughs> I was about to say, someone in your house must be one. So Moon Unit, um, describe, describe Moon Unit. She was quite small. Mm-hmm. She was a commoner's muck, black with white paws and bib cat. Proper There's cat, loads yeah. of those around, if you'll ever find, if you've lost one. Yeah. And she really liked biting people. Right, so I can see why she might have been lost in the first place. Or Oh, I think she had a traumatic childhood. Yes. It can't be easy, Shoreditch. No, and, and when you got her, obviously, she hadn't been um, uh, snipped or spayed or nope. anything like that. She was maybe five months old. Right. So a little bit young to be Pregnant. putting it about on the streets. You never know, though. You Mean streets of London, you've got to do what you can to survive. Yeah. I've seen um, Oliver. So she's very much the Nancy of, of that world. I think she probably is. But she was enough of a bitey cat that once I phoned the vet saying, I'm a little bit worried about Moon Unit, should I take her in? Mm-hmm. And they said, do you have to? Because she's not a nice cat. Really? So she, she had really a rep. She didn't like the vets. Well, I mean, a lot of animals don't like the vets. because no. <laughs> And again, you can understand why often. But um, So how, how long did you have Moon Unit for? I think about two years. Mm. And then one... New Year's Eve, we had a party, we left the front door open. So she wasn't used to going out after you, you got her, she, she was a house cat. She was point. more of a house cat, yeah. and it was very cold, and she disappeared. And she decided, I want a bit of that world out there, I've had enough of this. The people here, they bring me to the vet. <laughs> yeah, they take me to the vet, and the vet does stuff to me. My, my tiny offspring beats me up. So, the offspring, do you still have the offspring? I still have the offspring. And the offspring is called? Roswell. Roswell. Or Rosaroo for short. Yeah, well, you know, obviously you can give the cat a nickname if you, would, if you want. Or stupid. 
Is it a stupid cat? She is possibly the most stupid cat I've ever met. Uh, was her mother a stupid cat? No, her mother no. was quite bright. Street smart, so maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, from, from the mean streets. But didn't pass any of that on to her, her yeah. little daughter. Do you think maybe the uh, the father might be... Bit dim. Bit dim mm. out there, yeah. I mean, taking advantage of five-month-old cat after all. Poor Moon Unit. I know. So so when, when did Moon Unit vanish? Um... Must be about five years ago now. Five years ago now, and she it's a was long like, time. So she and she was three and a half then. Yeah. So she could easily still be alive. I think she was the sort of cat who knew to knew how to look after herself. Mm. And 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 you know, whilst being a bit bitey, um, was lovable enough to to she be taken be, in. She could be very sweet when she wanted. So it's possible that someone else found her on the streets a month later and took her in as you did. Yeah, um, and she never left. And never left the door open. <laughs> Or maybe she learned her lesson after one run away. So um, Moonit, Moonit's a black and white cat. Was there any particular um, markings on Moonit that would mark her out if you were to see her again? Would you recognise her if you saw her again now? Yeah, she was a little cat. She had a lovely long slim face and she had a white splodge running up her nose. Right, so like kind of the anti-Hitler thing. Cause yeah. Because you know, those cats are the ones that you get the Hitler cats out of, Yeah, aren't they? and her daughter's got a littler white splodge. Right. But, but Moon Units was big and distinctive. Right, a bit like milk or something with spit spilled on its face, and or Tipex. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I, she'd been getting into something she shouldn't have. Oh well, bless. Well, if you're listening, Moon Unit, or if if, if an owner of a cat who found the cat <laughs> three and a bit years ago, and uh, five, sorry, five and a bit years ago, and wants to give up the cat, now. give up the cat now because it's a bit bitey. Um, <laughs> I'm sure uh, Moonyunit would love to be reunited with with, with her daughter Roswell. Um, she might not like to be reunited with the other cats in the house. Oh, uh, with the other cats, not she fans. She didn't play well with others. Ah, uh, well, that may be why she she buggered off. You know, it, it was like this is this is my daughter's fine here. She can be looked after by the yeah. other cats, but the I, tabby cat minds her. Right, and the, the other cats are called. Um, at the moment, the other cats are called Bear mm-hmm. or the fearsome Bear Cat for short. Of course, and ATK which stands for Atari Teenage Kitten. Yes. <laughs> uh, referencing um, the band, perhaps. Yes. Perhaps. With a kitten. But with a kitten. And, and, and all lovely cats, and I've met them, and they're all lovely. Well, Bear's a bit grumpy, Roswell's a bit stupid, and ATK's bad. Yeah, but they're all lovely as well. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. Well, I, I, do, I do hope that um, people haven't cried. I don't think it's a that sad an ending. Cause, I no, mean, we make up a happy ending yeah, for I, well, I think Yeah, I think, I think she struck out there. She's maybe been found... I mean, it sounds like the same time... That they got a new cat in Ten Downing Street was about that time, something like that, or Eleven Downing Street. So maybe oh she's that dear. cat. Maybe she's spending all her time biting David Cameron. Could you bite George Osborne as well, cat? I'm sure she could. I'm sure she could. She bite had the, quite a bite. The full lot of them. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's why he's been so mad. Though maybe it's a bit of rabies that's just working on his brain. But I don't know. Maybe wouldn't it have killed him by now? Have we seen him frothing at the mouth? Yeah, kind I of. I try to not look at pictures. No, exactly. Of that's the thing. I mean, there's, it's shiny, and there's, there's uh, certainly many of his actions would be consistent with losing parts of his brain function, higher brain functions, and indeed most of his brain functions. Yeah. So anyway, enough politics. Um, um, so that's what you found. Um, what have you lost? Sorry, sorry. That's what you've lost. What have you found? I lost my way there. That's a harder question. I mean, obviously, you found a cat. But that we just we told that story. I found a number of cats, mm. but you always lose them in the end. No such thing as cat ownership. No, they come and stay cat with you for feedership. A bit. Cat like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a there's a relationship, but it's not necessarily an equal one. I'm trying to think of something I've found. And in the street, um, uh, found. Um, oh, you can be more esoteric here. Uh, Found peace, happiness. Yeah, no, I, I haven't. Found I was that about yet. to say found religion, but again, I find that hard to believe as well. Uh, Not unless it's come on in the last ten minutes. <laughs> um, a, a tenor in the street. Um, as a child, did you find a, a particular favourite toy? You're not you're not a finder. No, are I you? don't think I am a finder. Well, we could go back to the cat again. If that's the case, is there anything else you've lost that we can turn the cat story into a finding story? That's more happy and uplifting. Yeah, and something else you've lost that would work. Um, sorry, I should have that's thought no, no, a little that's, bit harder about this. That's fine. It's easily it's easily done. It's um, it's it, it's one of those one of those things that sometimes you go blank. Maybe you're finding things all the time. And you know what I have lost recently? What have you lost recently? A very large banner. A very large banner. Yeah. Okay. What what was written on this banner? Forty days go away. 
This is a reference to the 40 days detention. No, so, this is a reference to the 40 days for life people who hang out in Bedford Square. Ah, right, yes, of course, which is where you've been this afternoon. Yeah, it's really cold outside. It is a, it's Sunday today, when this, this will go out probably on, on a Thursday, but it's Sunday the 24th today, and it's, it's, it's the little bits of snow, on proper snow, but drifting around, and it's freezing outside. Cold, and you've been in Bedford Square for a couple of hours? Yeah, since from two till four on Sundays. And um, do you want to explain a bit more? Okay. Hey, Why I not? managed to get this into the oh, show. Absolutely, Go do it. Um, 40 Days for Life are an anti-abortion group who've come over from the US. They like to stand outside abortion clinics for 40 days at a trot, praying and passing leaflets full of lies to anyone attempting to access the services. Right. I don't think this is okay. No, I tend to agree with you. Um, and and they've been there. So they actually, they actually sit out there for 40 days. Yeah. 8am till 8pm, or sometimes they go for a 24-hour day vigil. How is it? So to me, a day is 24 hours. Uh, there is no... There is no if, you're, if you're doing 40 days, you've got to do it straight, 40 days. It's like um, David Blaine in the box. You see, that's true, but I don't think they can get the numbers just to stay in 24 hours a day. I think you're probably They're right. They're struggling with 12. Because, really? They, uh, it's cold. Well, last Sunday we turned up and there was nobody. So there were 20 of us, so cakes, then, balloons, bubbles, nothing. ready to have a pro-choice party and nothing nobody there. to party against. So the, so these these uh, 40 day for lifers, um, <laughs> should they get 40 days or life? That's the question. Oh, no. <laughs> but They should just go home. They should just go away, shouldn't go they? Go pray really? in peace. Yeah, if they want to pray in their own home about their ridiculous ideas, then I suppose that's not going to hurt anyone. No. They should probably they re-educate do, themselves. They're but, doing is hurting people. Yes, indeed. Um, and the clinic's open on Sundays? or No, we only appear you when on the Sundays. clinic is closed. Yes, you don't want to cause a, a, a ruckus when someone's actually trying to access the service. No, that makes because it we're decent people. Yes, um, and they're in Bedford Square. They're in Bedford Square. So anyone who walks past and sees them in these nutters they in Bedford say Square, hi. say hello, tell them to... Uh, oh, today, mm-hmm. um, just as I was packing up to come up here, mm-hmm. there were a couple of passerbys who didn't like them. Oh, and right. instead of just saying... Or sort of home you lot, or something a little ruder, like they do. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them decided to express his feelings through interpretive dance. Really? Swooped around their prayer meeting, <laughs> arms aloft. Uh, we gave him a round of applause that afterwards. Wonderful. And this was just a random passerby. Yeah, we love that man. He sounds, he sounds fantastic. So if you're listening, man, we love you. But on, on this, uh, to, to get, get it back to the nub here, um, you lost a banner for, yeah. for this, uh, for your anti 40 days for live organization last time round, i got like five yards of muslin mm-hmm. and a very big sharpie right and wrote out 40 days go away in very big letters nice like that it's um, very direct yeah well you don't want to get over involved <laughs> no. in your banners no it's true and you've it, got one chance to get people to and at the end of their last campaign i tucked it away somewhere at home and it's and i haven't been able to find it since do you think uh, the cats are using it is there a similar cat protest um, cat reproductive rights, after all, I imagine, are a probably hot button issue in the cat world. Well, mine don't have any reproductive exactly. rights anymore. They're Sorry, taken, cats. They're being taken away from them by their owners in reply yeah. for love and food um, and room to run. I do feel a bit bad about it. It's a difficult one, isn't it? it I is, like kittens. Yeah, but they do, they do. They will procreate a lot if, they, if they're left. Yeah, and a cat in heat, not a good house companion. No. You're woken at 5am by the most pathetic meowings you ever heard. <laughs> I mean that, that said though, once once they are snipped, they often do get very confused about their own uh, sexual organs and so on, and do weird things with them if they've got them. So. Oh well, mine are all lady cats, right? So that's not there's so not bad. so much of yeah, that. Yeah, I've certainly known cats which have had quite long affairs with dressing gown cords and. Mind, I knew some, some unsnipped cats who had a bit of a thing for the laundry basket. Really? Yeah. Mm. So this so, so this banner it was just a plain bit. How long was it? About five yards. About five yards. Uh, so a handle on both sides. They had bamboo sticks for holding it up, but I Very know good. where those are. Right, so you, the sticks were detachable. Yeah, I did, I did sewing, crafts against the patriarchy. <sighs> That's the only way to do it, I say. It's, it, use your skills wisely. They would have to go and print something at a banner-making shop that would cost them hundreds of pounds. Yeah, Yours? they have very, very shiny banners. Yeah, I bet they have. Oh, they're laminated, so they... Uh, will survive you throwing eggs at them and so on. I would never throw eggs at them. No, because an egg is a very useful thing. Yeah, eggs yeah. are delicious. Oh, I love eggs. Oh. I dropped an egg earlier, actually. I was, I was making myself an egg and bacon sandwich, and I, I dropped the egg on the floor and scooped it up and ate it anyway. <laughs> You're a disgrace. I, it was the only egg I had. And Did I tell you about the other Pete's very bad dog? 
No, you he managed to take an egg carton containing one or two, I can't remember, whole uncooked eggs right. from the countertop. Okay, and, and ate, ate them. Ate them whole and the box. <laughs> well, she left a little bit of the shredded box behind. But the eggs in but there. The egg. I'm impressed. I'm very impressed. I'm she must have licked up all the white and crunched down all the shell. Or it just went down all whole like a like a like a snake. Like a snake was. <laughs> all right, on that on that bombshell, I think uh, the music. Have you got a CD over there? Yep. Oh, no, did, you've got it. Have I? Well, hold on a second. No, that's not that's not the CD. Oh, uh, hang oh. on, I do. It's in here. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's it for you for a second there. So, do you want to describe the CD? Okay, it's a TDK Life on Record 700 megabyte 80 minute CD and it can go at up to 52x speed. Wow, that's Exciting fast. times. And it says anything on it that's written on it? In pink pen, it says pop. Right, well, it better have be then. Let's see. So it's a bit of a mystery. Is it as ever? It's, this is from the CD. We, do, we did try and hunt down something on MP3 or on, uh, on a USB stick, but. Um, kids just aren't putting music on USB sticks anymore, so um, or losing it. Oh, there's only four tracks on this. Um, so, uh, shall I go with track one? Then let's go with track three. Okay, track three. Şimdi tutana kadar Birleşik düzene 
and that was track free by the CD. Um, I, I, by I, the pop CD. By the pop CD. I'd, I'd love it if they did that on, on proper radio. So that was track five off an album. It was one with the yellow cover. The yellow cover, yeah. You I think somebody one. stepped on it and we can't read it anymore. Yeah, the orange bobbly one that sounds like the Pet Shop Boys. It is the Pet Shop Boys. Well, there you go then, you know. Um, so what did you think of that? I thought that was quite jaunty. It was quite jaunty, wasn't it? Um, any idea what it might be? Absolutely none. I think it something might be... going east of here. Yes, I think we're looking at the the Middle East of some form. I maybe Turkey. I mean, which isn't strictly Middle East, but but it's on the way to there. On the way to there. I think oh, the Turkish pop scene is probably more developed than much in the Middle East. So I'm going to go with Turkey. But um, or as ever on this show. Um, and as ever, very rarely reciprocated. If you do know what it is, please let me know. Um, well, somebody out there must, because they put it on the CD, yes, they wrote pop on it. And, and then lost them. it, yeah, and then lost it. Who knows? Right, so, so again, back to being lost again, since we know that finding stuff is a busted flush for you. Um, when have you been lost? Um, once upon a time, I used to get lost an awful lot. When was this? When I first moved to London. It's a big place. Because I came over from small-town Ireland. How small? Oh, the town I grew up in was maybe seven, 8,000 people. That's quite small. Yeah, know. that's not that small for Ireland. No, I was about to say, yeah, <laughs> Ireland will do smaller. Well, you know, there were like... Five villages, five five houses of a village or whatever type thing. But. It was impossible to get lost there. Yeah. You, I mean, you and you grew up all your life there, lived all your life there pretty much. Um. Well, the first half we lived actually in the countryside. Okay, so that's, that is even more isolated, obviously. Yeah. So it's like a house a little bit down the lane, and that would be it. So when did you move to London? I moved to London, gosh, I'm showing my age now, probably 17, 18 years ago. Right, and when you got here, it was big. It was amazing. I bet. It was the best place I'd ever been. I never, ever, ever was going to leave. And, and well, you're still here. And so, I so, yeah, so far, so far, so good, I guess, on that one. Um, so what's, do you remember any specific instances of being lost in those first few weeks? Straight months, straight years, or was it just all? I mean, how did I you na- navigate to start off? Whereabouts were you living to start off with? Um, I stayed with my aunt in Kingston, right. for a little bit to begin with. So a bit of family there, so that's yeah. That helps. So I had a home to go back to. And Kingston is 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 a nice enough little leafyish suburb. Yeah, it's a little bit twee. And so, but also, therefore, you, you, there's there's a little bubble there that you can yeah. feel a bit safe in and get to know that area. But of course, I wanted the bright lights and the big city. Of course, so I, I would hop on the train into London. Yeah, and use the tube and I had a very bad habit of going the wrong way uh, that's because it. this whole north south east mm. west takes a little bit of getting used to if you're from somewhere with three buses a day yes I, as, as a child I, I remember the first time I went to Paris in the Paris metro and the Paris metro does all their lines by the terminus stop so that's yeah. how they, the direction is which seemed like nonsense to me I just want to go south then it was drawn out to me that actually this makes a lot of sense because you know which direction the train's going in um, and often that the train lines, in fact, the tube lines very rarely go in a straight direction anyway. So, although they don't always end up at the same place. No, that's that so, is an issue. Yeah. So once they start splitting at their ends, like the Northern Line does. Yes, I mean that wouldn't work there. No, um, no you'd, you'd think. I mean, and the Northern Line actually is is one that should work better because North and South works better on the Northern Line than it would in the most lines. Yeah, um, like the Circle Line. The circle line. Although that's not a circle anymore, is it? No, it's like a an at. Yeah. Now, or it's like a sperm. Um, that was the maybe, impregnating line. Yes, yeah, the impregnating line. It's trying to get other cities pregnant. Yeah, no, that's that's now so. But that used to have clockwise and anticlockwise, which again... You need to know which way is clockwise and yeah. which way is anticlockwise. I have to sometimes stop and think. I mean, in the and end, young presence today, everything's digital. Yes. I mean, in the end, the problem is that when you go down, it's that you have to look at the the sort of dividing maps of the map that goes, all the stations on this platform or all the stations on this platform, which they put at the bottom of the stairs, which becomes a bottleneck for tourists because they go, I want to go to Cockfosters, but which one's that? Is that east or west from here? When actually it's yeah. northeast. And the tube map's quite big, so you yeah. spend quite a long time, Trying especially to... when you don't know your colours yet. Exactly. Oh, the colours are important as well. Um, so you were, did you try to navigate above ground by the tube line, by the tube map? I would, but it gets quite confusing. I would... London's got a lot of higgledy-piggledy streets. It is. I, mean, I used it's... to be able to get thoroughly lost even in Soho. Right. Well, again, Soho, it, it, it promises a little bit of a grid sort of and from the north, it, but then cheats. falls apart in the middle and then it gets, gets all over. So there are, are there any particular instances where you felt 
distressed because you were lost or was it all part of learning? There were a couple of times where I felt I should have been distressed right. that I was lost. You got home and you went, actually, that was that should have been scary, but I was all yeah. right. Yeah, it's like, hey, it's it's half past ten and I don't know where I am and I should probably get a train home and mm. I have to work in a pizza shop at seven o'clock <laughs> in the morning. Oh um, but it was okay. You made it. Yeah. And so now it, you know the place it, well. My internal narrative would be going, intrepid explorer Mana is is crossing the dread city London. I mean, that's a good way. That's a good way of justifying it as well. You know, in the end, in a city, it's very hard to be lost because there's always going to be information available in a shop or in a house. Even worse comes to worst, you, you know, sit down on the side of the road and cry, cry until, until somebody until someone, takes pity yeah, on you. Exactly. I mean, do you think? Um, did you? Ever ask for directions much? No. No. Don't think I ever, ever asked for directions. Have you ever been asked for directions? I'm asked for directions wherever I go. When we went on holiday to New York, people would stop and ask us for directions. You look like you know where you're going. I've always said, yeah, you look like you know where you're going. Once you've been in a city a while... Any city, you get a sort of city foo, yeah. which you transport to other places. So even if you're completely lost, you don't look lost. Yeah. No, and I, I said that's happened to me in, in New York, and people have asked me where somewhere is, and until they've kind of gone, do you know what street it's on? It's quite easy at that point because the numbers kick in. So it's, like, it's on 34rd and 1st. Uh, right, well, we're on 33rd and 1st. So I'm not from here, but it's over that there. Way. Yeah, it's that one there. What's the building here? I always like it when people ask me directions and we're directly outside the place they want. So, so where is yeah, where is uh, the School of Oriental Studies? It's this building we're in at the moment. That, that kind of thing. So, I used to get that. I used to work just down the road in Senate House. Just and the, way, the number yeah. of people standing outside who had would stop you as you're unlocking or locking your bike going, where is Senate House? And you're like, see that? It's looming over you? huge white skyscraper that is, you know, the biggest building in the area. So um, Maybe it's so big people block it out. Um, yeah, well, yes, I suppose, it, and it is white, you know, and the sky can be grey. I don't know. It, is, it does strike me as being too big to big to lose. So um, I'll be, I may well be working in bits of Senate House soon. So... <gasps> It's a really nice building. We've we yeah we've um, got the north block, the bit that's not so nice, Hooray! the bit that's not so nice. But it will be nice once we finish with it. So uh, there's some interesting stuff. Watch that space. Um, so now we're going to talk about some of the items you found yep. downstairs. Um, which one would you like to talk about first? Shall we go with the book first and leave let's the mystery the, box as a? Uh, let's go with the book first and leave the box closer. of the lights till later. So, so what's the book? The book is a sorcerer's treason. Ooh. It is book one of the. Isa so tell Volta me, it's trilogy. part of a trilogy. It is. <laughs> what was the trilogy, sorry? The Isa Volta? Isa Volta? Isa Volta, well, who knows. I'm not sure how to say it. And would you describe the cover for us? It's got a very Celtic with dragons and eagles right. pattern running around it, framing nice. a picture, which is a red-headed cloaked girl warding off a dragon shipwreck lighthouse smash-up. She's so, got a little lantern. So we're reckoning this is what a uh, World War Two um, a thriller. Yeah, I think it's a nitty gritty expose of political figures. Myself. Well, let's turn it over and see what it says on the back. Shall I read it out? Yes, do so. In her own world, Bridget is shunned and despised. In Isavolta, she is a sorceress of astonishing power. Which life will she choose? Pete. I'm guessing. I'm guessing she's going to go for the one where she's powerful and everyone loves her, rather than the one where she's reviled. I'm guessing so. You want a little bit more background? Just please, good. She is a lighthouse keeper on Sand Island, Lake Superior, and finds herself ostracised by the local community following the birth and sudden death of her bastard child. I thought we weren't meant to say bastard anymore. It's fine fine to say, because, yeah, but um, clearly this is... This, this may well be written by your uh, 40 Days for Life people. It's, it has a yeah. smell about it, doesn't it? When she rescues an oddly dressed, tattooed stranger Uh-oh. from a storm, as he got lost on the way home from Glastonbury. Possibly, yeah. He tells her he is from another world. Of course he is. A world in which she is a great magical force. Of course she is. Only she can save the Dowager Empress, currently under threat from her poisonous daughter-in-law. <laughs> I love the pitting women against women. It is well, you know, it's, it, it, the only worthy uh, villain for a woman is is a woman. Clearly, uh, for a woman with nothing to lose, it's an attractive offer. But when Bridget arrives in Isavolta, she finds nothing as quite as he promised her. Well, I must admit that it's a page turner already. Yeah, it, sorry, um, I'm not doing the rest of the show. I've no, got my no, nose no. In a book. 
Um, the uh, can you can you? I don't want to spoil it for too many people. Can you go to page two twenty? Two twenty. And let's just let's get a get a sense of um, what's happening on page two twenty. It seems like it's quite the the the. the print is quite big and quite well spaced and the paper it, is quite thick it's, it's not quite, such a tome as it looked yeah it, it, it's what i think they call in the business a trade paperback <coughs> but um is it's oversized for a paperback book but doesn't need to be on the inside no so what do you want on page 20 uh page 20 to the second paragraph down let's just have a little let, let's get a sense of the writing by who's it by uh it's by sarah zettel sarah zettel sounds a bit like a pen name to me it does sound a bit like a pen name, doesn't it? striving to maintain her calm Bridget stepped into the vixen's den. A dimple carved by water had been lined with twigs, leaves, and tufts of fur so red they could only have come from the vixen herself. Stretched out on the strange bed lay three men, two of them with red hair and one with grey. All of them were naked, and all of them had been wounded. The first of the redheads had a long gash down his thigh, the second bled from his side. The grey-haired man had been stabbed through the gut and curled around the wound as if to protect it. The wounds were bad, not only because of their size and location, but because all had become infected and oozed with blood and pus. Bridget's hand went involuntary to her, involuntarily to her nose to block out the smell of putrefaction. That's a lovely, lovely paragraph yeah. down there. The, the Vixen, capital V? Or capital V, so proper we name. We're actually talking about, oh, so that's her name rather than the fox. Um, fox. Well, there's a bit about fur, wasn't there? Yeah. So red, they could only have come from her herself. Mm, so I'm thinking f- some sort of fox-human fox, fox hybrid, woman. evil man-killing yeah, thing, possible. or man-wounding. Man-wounding, at least. Well, it, it looks as you say, you're going to be reading that for the rest of the day now. Yeah. So uh, it, it, I'm really sad I cycled because I could read this on the true pub. Uh, well, and it's difficult to read and cycle at the same time. And, well, it's too cold to hold, oh, yeah, you, hold hand a book out, yes. in front of yeah. you. Oh well, so um, it, it's yeah, that looks relatively generic. Um, is it the kind of thing you would read? No, <laughs> I think that's probably wise. It's, uh, and I read a lot of trash. Yeah, and I read a lot of trash, but it does seem to be it has, it has a sense of something lost on purpose. Who who is the publisher responsible for this? Voyager. Yeah, and the publish, publication date. That's a good question. I. It came from a second-hand shop. Right. It was four pounds. In whatever second-hand shop it came from. Probably Scoob around here. Just um, it's dedicated it... to somebody who kept a lighthouse. Oh. Probably the guy out of uh, Fraggle Rock or something. He was oh, big... here, here we go. 2002. 2002. So we should hope that if, if you were to start reading it, the uh, sequels should already be there. What's the name of the author again? Sarah Zettel. Zettel. Z-E-T-T-E-L. Okay, well, I'm going to look her up and see if the other books exist while we play the next track. Um, so we have track three. We've got one, two, or four left. Let's go with one. Okay. Track one, here it comes. I think I just uh, nudged the uh, uh, nudge the CD player there, so um, and it probably sounds a bit better than it should do. Um, 
in the meantime, I was saying, well, I was looking up uh, Sarah Zettel because we don't believe she's a real person. And indeed, from her website, it appears um, that Sarah Zettel, uh, well, it says Sarah Zettel is an award-winning science fiction and fantasy author. Um, but uh, there's also Marissa Day, who writes steamy historical paranormal romances. But um, there's also a third person called C.L. Anderson, who has been known to tell people she lives in stately Victorian home on a windswept island in Lake Superior with her three sisters and her pet wolf, Manfred, which I believe is Sarah Zettel. And she's also been known to tell people she's a science fiction writer living near Ann Arbor, which I think might be Marissa Day. So one way or another, um, I think it's C.L. Anderson. Um, this book series, which is the... This is the Isavalta trilogy? Isavalta trilogy. Um, I think uh, it's it's more than a trilogy now. <laughs> yes, it's an Isavalta uh, series. Um, yes, Good Lord, there's loads How of How many? Uh, six, I think. The Isavalta series. Even Twilight stopped at four. I know. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, no, sorry, only four. Sorcerer's Treason, yep. Yes, uh, is book one. Yeah, Sorcerer's Treason, uh, The Usurper's Crown, The Firebird's Vengeance, and Sword of the Deceiver. They all sound amazing. If you had a generic, let's build up some fancy titles, you couldn't do better. So um, let's move away from The Sorcerer's Treason. A Sorcerer's Treason. A Sorcerer's Treason, sorry. And on to your other item. My other item is a box. It's a box. It's a beautiful box. It's really quite a nice word. Yeah. It's got a Christmas tree on top. It's got sort of brass edgings and brass dovetail joint thingies. Yeah, I'd say that was right. It's got a curved top. Nice, nice veneer. It it's lined... In a sort of green velvety beige fabric. Very good. That was that was your uh, your best antiques roadshow there. Um, <laughs> what would you say the provenance of this box was? And are there any are there any clues? There's a two cent coin inside. Two euro cents. Two euro cents with a little acorn on. Uh, which would be it, what country would that be? Or are they all the same? The coppers are all, all the, the same, same, aren't they? Yes, I think they are. Um, and it was made in 2004, if that helps us. Okay, any. I think that sure box is older than that. Is there anything on the bottom? Any hallmarks? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, a couple of scratches. Scratches. Um, I can see where it's been nailed. Okay, that's uh, slightly cheaper workmanship at the bottom then. Yeah, well, they're quite little nails. Nice little tacks to hold it together. Size wise, um, what would you say? Maybe eight inches long, four high, yeah. three deep. Yeah, nice little. I mean, you'll see. There's a, there'll be a photo on the website, so you'll be able to see it. Um, the Christmas tree, I suppose, is, is its main um, uh, distinguishing mark. Well, I say or Christmas it, tree. Or is it like it, a fur? It's not or? decorated, but it's it's got that sort of. It wouldn't see it because spikes out. One of the things, if, if ever I see a tree on something and it's in this building, I always think, is it like a cedar? But it's not. It's it? not it's at not all cedar, like so yours. It's not, it's not a Lebanese box. And um, I'm just going to have a smell yes, of the inside. Okay. It smells generically old. They they never do that bit on Antiques Roadshow, but I bet they do. I bet sometimes when they've got plates, they lick them as well. I bet. Well, you, some things would. It's going to have smells. Yes, oh, absolutely. I mean, book. you didn't smell the book, actually, and that, that would have been... Uh, I'll go back to it right now. that sniff. Not the best smelling book. No. It's a little bland. Yeah, I like a good I like a good old glue smell from a book. You know that. I like nineteen forties and nineteen yeah. fifties books because they've got such cheap glue, yeah. cheap paper, and they smell amazing they these do, days. They, they go great. They're really mellowed, haven't they? And then they disintegrate in your hands. So back to the box. Um, what would you keep in a box like that? Um, junk. Yes, yeah. I would keep old badges, probably a dead glow stick. Yes, yeah. Um, a couple of copper coins. I mean, somebody has One a copper coin in here. Um, broken pieces of jewellery that I'm meaning to get around to fix and never do. And probably some pens that no longer work. It's quite it's quite a, a proud box in as much as the, the base is um, quite shallow compared to the height of the whole thing. So if it kept, if it had something in it originally, it might have been something that was quite high. Yeah, would... I'm just wondering, would you get it open over something that was... Well, if it's, high. I mean, it, it strikes me it's some type of thing that not that it's something you would keep in a box, but uh, Russian dolls would fit nicely in there, and then because they're smaller at the top, you could have a little row of them, or a pocket, you know, some sort of a, a pof- apocryphal um, little bottles of um, 
Essential oils. Essential oils. Maybe patchouli. I think this is yeah. the sort of box that oh, would contain yes. patchouli oil. But then it would smell of patchouli. Actually, that's it the, the other interesting thing is that the lid is lined with um, the, the felt the green as well. As well. Um, which but suggests the sides aren't. The sides aren't, yeah. It's, it's an intriguing... So that might just be for, for decoration. The lining be. of the lid is a lot cleaner than the lining of As you might imagine, bottom. yeah. Um, interesting. Um, I'm not sure if there's much more to say on it, though. It's a... Do you want to give it a nice firm click shut? It, it doesn't it, shut. It doesn't shut. It looks very shiny, but I think it's not as well made as, yeah. as you see from the outside. Yeah. Or it's just old and has walked up and got wet. I don't think it's that old either. No. I, I would say it's it's probably no more than 20 years old. Yeah. I mean, it looks like it might be something that, that may equally have had souvenirs. In it. it looks a bit like a treasure chest, I guess. It does. But there is two p two there, euro cents in it, so not great treasure. It's uh, Long John Silver would be so disappointed with that one. Oh, and look more um, shoddy work pressmanship because there's little bits of glue sneaking out from around oh, the base. So dear. I think it's been poorly glued and put together. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm starting to think now it's more on the way of supposed to look nice, but it's actually something bought at an airport that might be had. No, I don't think airport. No? I no? think. You what? know those shops you get in medium-sized towns mm-hmm. that sell, like, fringe skirts and yes, incense I mean, I think I know and exactly. any number of boxes yeah, uh, and carved elephants? Yes, I think I know. it came from one of there. Right, yes. And I think maybe somebody bought it mm. and bought a couple of little gifty things and wrapped the whole thing up and gave it to their chum for their birthday. Yeah. And their chum loved it. Yeah. And, and they wore the bracelets and the hair clips and they burned the joysticks and they loved the book so much they carried it everywhere. But then one day... But one day, they, they got too drunk. And they put the box down. And they put the box down in the toilets, on the back of the toilet. Yeah. And then they wandered off, went out dancing, woke up the next morning feeling utterly bereft. So you're basically saying they used to keep their cocaine. It's too big to keep your cocaine. It's not <laughs> cocaine. Maybe but dope. Maybe dope, yeah. A lot Again, of dope. the smell would be yeah. pervasive, so... Well, that's, if anyone is missing a box that that follows that description, in the end, a wooden box, uh, what would, would we say that was? It's a medium light wood, isn't it? It's, uh, it's, it's actually quite nice wood. Yeah. And I don't... It's the veneer's not, not bad on it, is it? But, it's not that light. No. I mean, it's sort of walnut-y coloured. Yeah, let's say walnut. walnut. Let's say walnut. Although and I don't think the grain is quite walnut. No. With with metal, with gold, gold-coloured gold trim. Brass. Brass trim and a Christmas tree on the top. If you're missing that, we've got it. You can pick it up in my office in SOAS. Um, so now to the final question. Okay, this is the, 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 the killer question. What has been lost to humanity that if it was found again would make the world a better place? This is just crying out for a, a hippy-dippy answer. Yeah, absolutely, and I, and I haven't had many hippy-dippy answers. So. Because the temptation is to say love, respect, tolerance, but I'm not sure we ever had those. I'm not sure we've ever lost them. <laughs> You're more optimistic I than am, me, Pete. I am a very optimistic person to a fault. Um, you know what, actually? What? I'm going to go hippy-dippy. Go hippy-dippy. Everybody being able to make their own bread. Yeah. Yeah, okay. This is, it's a degree of self-sufficiency that's important. Yeah. But also it's about, well... Well, homemade bread is an awful lot nicer than horrible truly wood processed supermarket pap. Ugh. Yeah. And the process of making bread? You want to save it up for a day when you're a little bit pissed off, mm. maybe with anti-abortion freaks standing outside clinics. Yes. And then you make a big pile of dough and you spend 15 minutes slapping it around the kitchen. Pounding it silly. Does your arms a world of good? And then there's the a workout. couple of hours and later. you get all of that anger out. And you have delicious homemade bread two hours later. How it smells lovely of cooking bread. It does. Um, you got wonderful bread afterwards. I mean, it, I, think, I suppose this, this goes back to that whole the, the whole thing of um, being able to be part of a process from start to finish. You know, the uh, the making of something and then in the enjoying of something at the end. And, yeah. And the, maybe say I'm going to start growing wheat on my balcony sometimes. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying we're going the, the full little red hen aspect here. Um, I don't know. That's appealing. It is appealing, and you know, it's there is a this this the whole sort of butcher yourself, and it's nice again. It's nice to know how to do these things that these things aren't impossible. It used to be kind of the thing I used to have about records. Um, complete digression. But you needed to know how to press your own vinyl. No, but I but I knew that if I had a record, I could play it. If yeah. I had a needle and a record, I could play it, even though it would sound terrible. A needle record and a cone of paper, it would make a noise. 
you could never do that with a CD. You um, definitely can't do that with an MP3 player. No, exactly. And it's a bit of a silly argument in some ways, because it is you know, a Luddite argument in some ways as well. But the actual being able to understand the science behind it, is that is that bit, again, of going back to um, we live in a whizzy world with phones, with maps on our phones and so on, but if I went back in time 100 years, how much of the items we've got now could I reinvent? Have you seen the Dinosaur Comics T-shirt and poster? Indeed. Two of my friends have that (laughs) T-shirt and bought it at exactly the same time. Steve and Kat both have that T-shirt. So, yes. But exactly, it's like how much... Now, I I did science up to A-level and um, got a degree in maths. I'm not sure how much I would be able to remember, but also then remember and then know how to prove. Um, I could probably do a radio. I could probably invent a radio. Probably you, know with the, the basics. With radio that. as well, you need someone. Yeah, you need the transmitting. Kids. Yeah, you need to transmit it. But you know, you, and you need you need all, all the right <coughs> conductory, transistory. Yeah. No, you can, but, but the basic stuff is actually a very basic radio. Crystal radio is very very simple. So, oh hey, I made one of those as a kid. How yeah, did I forget that? They're, they're terrific. And um and and then so I could probably do like a Morse code transmitter. So something that would just do a yeah, and that and I can invent Morse code or a version of Morse code. Uh, well, you probably know at least two of the letters to be getting. Yeah, with. yeah, I can be doing that, and you know, it doesn't have to be right. I'll be inventing it from scratch. So, but that's that's what I'm saying. I've completely gone off your topic after all, making bread, but um, making things from scratch, making things it's from good. scratch. But it's, but that's the thing about bread. I mean, could you make you you make quite a bit of bread? You make quite a bit of bread in your time. I Not try to make bread like. most weeks. Could you? Sometimes make, I buy it. Could you? What's the most primitive form of bread you've made? Uh Primitive how? I suppose unleavened breads. Um, well, chapatis are basically. incredibly basic. Yeah. It's just... Flour and water, pretty much. Flour, water, yeah. maybe a little bit of ghee or oil, if you're feeling yeah. um, wild. Or um, anything with yeast in. I suppose if you, if you were lost... Yeast, but I usually make sourdough, so yeah. I've just like left some dough out for a while and it got feisty. Where it goes, yeah. I, just, I suppose it's that sort of, if you were stuck in a cave um, and you had... A bit of flour and a bit of water I think and we'd some be, fire. I think we'd be on chapatis for a week until yeah. the sardo woke up, and, and then, then we'd have sardo. You know, sardo. I think that's not. I think I think that's a really good answer. Do, do we have salt? You can always find salt. You can cry your salt. Cry, I need to cry your salt out, and then you've got you know a what bit happens if you're baking bread and you forget to put the salt in. It tastes horrible. <laughs> it takes over your kitchen. Does it just just grow? Because salt inhibits yeast development. Right. And if you leave your loaf to prove and you go back upstairs to do some work and you come down two hours later expecting it to be, you know, halfway up the pan, it's it's all over the table and dripping onto the floor. So let's say you had some sort of a... a no, I won't say that, actually. That's that's, that's not the no, correct way to go. You know where there. I'm going there. I'm not going there. I didn't know that salt did that, so it's very important. Very no, useful sugar encourages it. Well, it well, needs it Energy, eat. yeah, energy. Um, salt inhibits it. Salt inhibits it. I suppose it desiccates or something. Interesting. So bread, I like that. That was a good answer. Very Excellent. good answer. Makes up for the never having found anything ever in your life. But lost too many cats. And lost too many cats. Okay, so last track, and even though we didn't get through all of track one because I bumped the desk, um, two or four? Two is probably a more pleasing number than four. Okay, then. But four's got that nice square thing going. I don't know. You choose, Okay, four. Track four, which is, they're both about the same length, three minutes, 39 long. May get all of it, may not, we're bored. Um, So all it it, uh, remains for me to do is say thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Talking to us about bread and idiot anti-abortionists. Yeah. Um, And braving the very, very cold weather to be here. And uh, I'm now you're going to set off and read all of a sorcerer's treason. I uh, might not or actually. Not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Thank you very much. Thank you.
Sen göçer unutma Sana da kalmaz bu ölümlü dünya Göçer unutma sana da kalmaz bu ölümlü dünya Şöyle bir 